You know, this morning as we um, consider the Word of God, as we look to the Word of God, we realize that the Bible uh, has a lot to say about pretty much every subject that relates to our life, doesn't it? Does it not? And uh, when it comes to giving, in fact, Jesus talked about money more than any other subject. Very interesting. Why? Because he knows that that's something that's so connected to man's heart. Uh, something Jesus said in Matthew um, 6, I believe it's verse 19, he says, where man's treasure is, that's where his heart is also. In other words, your heart is connected to your treasure. Where you put your treasure, that's where your heart follows. And so when God says to give to him, to honor him with your first fruits, that's the only way he can be assured that you're truly giving him your heart. You might say, well, how does that make sense? Because of that principle, where a man's treasure is, that's where his heart is also. See, uh, and I, I think Jesus understood that as he looked at the treasure. He watched, he observed. He was wanting to see, okay, where are men's hearts in this? And you can give out of your surplus, you can give your leftovers, but until you give it all. And now we're not, we're not recommending you do that unless the Spirit of God tells you to do that. You know, just don't do it because somebody else did it. Do it because the Spirit of God is leading you in that way. That's what we're going to talk about this morning is, is knowing God's voice. When is God speaking to you? How do you know it's God? Uh, so many questions and, and so many things revolve around knowing and hearing the voice of God. And so what I want to do at this time is uh, join, uh, have you join with me in prayer. We're going to pray because uh, the message that I'm sharing today, I believe, is significant because if you are not hearing from God or uh, don't believe that God can speak to you, then, then you need to have a revelation of what the Word says so that you as a child of God can begin to, to hear the voice of God and hear and know His voice. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we're thankful today for the opportunity you've given us to gather together. And Father, we're here today and not just to fulfill an obligation We are here with intention. Father, we desire to hear from you. We desire, Father, to give of ourselves. Father, you said freely we have received, so freely we give. We freely receive salvation from you. Jesus, you died for our sins on the cross. You paid the ultimate price so we could be free. And therefore, we freely give ourselves to you today to hear your word. We give ourselves over to the Holy Spirit, to take control of our lives. In the name of Jesus, I ask, Father, that you give unto us today a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you, that the eyes of our understanding would be enlightened. Help us to grow in the knowledge of the truth of God and apply it in our lives. In the name of Jesus, we give you praise. And everyone in agreement says, Amen. Amen. I tell you, it's... um, uh, I've been telling Mackenzie for the last month. I start out by saying, just guess what, Mackenzie? You're going to be 12 for only four more weeks. And I, I've, I've finalized it last night when I said, Mackenzie, guess what? You're going to be 12 for one more night. And tomorrow morning, or today, she woke up being 13. Her youngest daughter, 13. <laughs> I know. So happy birthday to our precious daughter, Mackenzie, and, 
And also Becky Clavine is, uh, she shares a birthday with Becky Clavine and, and Karen Ostrowski. Happy birthday to you today. And then Judy Hill had one yesterday. And if we missed you, overlooked you, wave at me. Say, I had a birthday. Okay, within the last year you had a birthday? Okay, wave at me if you had a birthday within the last year. Okay. <laughs> what about the rest of you? Come on. Let's be honest. We're in the house of God, okay? All right. <clears throat> Now, I've just returned uh, from a time uh, where I was uh, away seeking the Lord for a time of prayer and fasting just to get direction. And I, I think that it's, it's imperative uh, for me to get away at times, just to get apart from all the routine, the busyness of, of daily activities, uh, not only in the ministry, but uh, household things, and just to get before God and to wait on Him and to hear His voice. And in particular, we set these days apart just so we could get direction from, uh, from the Lord on the, the awakening services, which we had with Isaiah Saldivar, which many of you have had a major encounter with God. God's been doing some things in your life. You heard from our daughter, uh, Michaela, what God's done in her life. These, this is significant when God's moving at this level. And so as uh, I sought the Lord, I was asking just for some specific direction on what we need to do opening ourselves up, okay, how can we transition, Lord, into what you're doing in this hour? Because we don't want to just continue to do things as they are. We want to move with what the Spirit of God is doing for this moment of time so that we can not only uh, allow God to have free access in our services, but to empower us so we can go out and fulfill his purpose in the community and beyond. Because I believe there's a divine assignment for each of your lives. There's a purpose. There's a destiny. And, and this year, as we've declared the theme, as the Lord led us for Destination 2013, Destination 2013, we believe that this is a destination church where you will discover your destination and your purpose in life. Amen? And God will continue to bring more and more clarity to you. Now, hearing and knowing, we talk about this and, and the subject. There's so much that could be said. And I don't know how far I'm going to get through because I have... Uh, probably more material than time will allow me to share with you this morning, that we can just pick it up uh, next week. But hearing and knowing what God is speaking to this generation is very critical. Because we are a nation in crisis right now. We're in a moral and economic crisis. Things that we're dealing with now, no other generation has faced. And so for that reason, we need to hear from God. The church is in crisis, full of compromise, dealing with other issues. And when the divorce rate in the church is the same as it is in in, in the world, there's something wrong with that picture, right? But it's critical that we hear from God concerning what we're to do, what we're to do in this time, this season that we're living in. Now, it's just as critical for you as an individual to hear and know God's voice. Uh, You are greatly disadvantaged when you don't hear God's voice in your personal life. And, and the fact is, I can remember when somebody first told me that God can speak to me, that God can speak to you. I thought, what do you mean God can speak to me? And when somebody told me, well, God speaks to me, I said, oh, you, you're kind of crazy. That, that doesn't make sense, you know? And now if the, if the Lord is truly our shepherd, how many of you... Uh, know that the Lord is a shepherd, okay? At least he's supposed to be for believers. Uh, 
we will know and recognize his voice. And, and I want to share some insight to help you come to that conclusion today. If we won't be able, let me just say this. If we don't know his voice, it's highly unlikely that you can really follow him. Because in order for you to follow Jesus Christ, you need to know and recognize his voice. To know, to hear, and respond to the voice of God is a very awesome thing. It's very awesome. Now, as Noam said, to follow him, we must know and recognize his voice. The world labels those who say God speaks to them as crazy or insane. Yeah, but that's okay. <laughs> but, it's, but let me just say this. It's primarily because some who claim to hear God's voice were actually listening to the wrong voice and then ended up misrepresenting God's voice. And so it ruins it for, for those that are truly hearing the voice of God. Now, even though the world may still label those who God speaks to as crazy or insane, it just happens to be the reality of walking with God. If you're truly walking with God, you're going to hear his voice. You're going to know his voice. The other option is to listen to the voice of a stranger. And we see in John 10, chapter 10, and we're going to turn there. If you have your Bibles, turn to John chapter 10. We're going to read a couple of verses in there. But John chapter 10, and uh, the title of this message is, is Knowing God's Voice, uh, the voice of God. Amen. Uh, either one, I guess, works. <clears throat> John chapter 10, and we see in John chapter 10 that uh, Jesus is describing the shepherd and the significance of, of a shepherd with a sheep and talking about the thief who comes in to steal, kill, and destroy. We see that in John ten ten. But Jesus said, I've come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. Uh, I've been to Israel t- two times. And uh, one of the times I was there, uh, a tour group, uh, we went uh, to a Bedouin camp. A Bedouin camp are people that live very much like Abraham lived. Uh, they're just uh, people that settled in tents, uh, they have their shepherds, they have sheepfolds, and so um, this, uh, our tour guide happened to know this this guy at this camp, we stopped there, we sat down in this tent, it, it all looked like we stepped back into time. I mean, there was nothing of modern convenience there, everything, it was like, wow, is this for real? I was pretty amazed by it all, and uh, we sat down in uh, these like um, handmade type of chairs and we're drinking some hot tea and just enjoying the company of these Bedouins and they got all the garb everything like you know you would probably expect to see in in a movie or if you went back in time time of Abraham but uh, I happened to notice a shepherd on the hill and I stepped out of the tent and I walked over there and as the sheep were around him and um I mean, I said, this is amazing. You know, you, to see something like this, I thought, this is awesome. But then all of a sudden, I saw the shepherd say something. And as soon as he spoke, all the heads of the sheep lifted and looked towards the shepherd. And then he walked over here, and they started to follow him. And the reality of what I'm about to read to you in John chapter 10, verses 4 and 5 uh, came into being. I, I mean, I, I saw, okay. See, Jesus, many times, he spoke with illustrations. He related something in the natural so you could understand the spiritual truth. He spoke in parables so that you could relate and bring a spiritual understanding to something that is expressed in the natural realm. And so 
Well, it was interesting. I kind of moved closer. And I said, here, sheep. I just yelled at them. And they, they just kept eating. They didn't pick up their head. I said, here, sheep. They just ignored me, totally ignored me. And so I thought, oh, well, that makes sense. That's what Jesus said. The voice of a stranger, they won't follow because they don't know my voice. They only know the voice of their shepherd. And because they know the voice of the shepherd, he's the one they're going to follow. Let's look at this in John chapter 10, verses 4 and 5. It says, when he has brought all his own outside, he's speaking of the shepherd, he goes ahead of them. The sheep follow him because they recognize his voice. Let me tell you, sheep follow. Now, my father and mother sitting here, we were raised on a dairy farm. And we had cattle. Cattle don't follow. We drive them. We drive cattle. Okay? So as a pastor of a congregation... I'm considered a shepherd, right? See, there's the parallel. And as a shepherd, I cannot drive the sheep, right? Because sheep follow. And the fact is, as a sheep, you have a choice whether or not you will follow or not. But if you're not hearing the voice of the shepherd, it's impossible for you to follow. So we've got to come to the place that we're hearing the voice of the shepherd, because then we can follow. Now, I'm an under-shepherd under Jesus. In fact, the scripture tells us that in Peter, talk about shepherding the flock of God. I'm an under-shepherd. So as I see God and hear his voice, I rep- I'm, my role is to represent the heart of God before this congregation. And so, but, uh, so many times God can speak through me and, and uh, my words represent him. That's why I don't take it lightly when I stand up here because I don't want to misrepresent the good shepherd. I want to make sure that I'm bringing to you his word as, as, as it's, you know, not to twist it, not to uh, misrepresent it, not to take it out of context. And so uh, enough, enough said on that. But let's, let's keep reading here. The sheep follow him because they recognize his voice. They will never follow a stranger. Instead, they will run away from him. Because they don't recognize the voice of strangers. This is the Holman Christian Study Bible, for those of you that uh, don't know what this version is. But um, now, let me tell you, some people say they want to hear from God, but they really don't. Why? Because they may not like what he says to them. Because they may have to change what they're doing. They may have to change a direction in their life. They may have to make some decisions that they're not willing to make. So, I I want to ask you this question. How many of you truly want to hear God's voice and know his voice? Okay, I, I, I love seeing all these hands up. But you know, that puts a demand and a responsibility on you. Because if God should speak something to you that doesn't appeal to your flesh, what are you going to do with that? Are you going to discard that? Are you going to just say, oh, forget that? Or are you going to take it to heart and say, okay, God, I know this is what you want me to do. I'm going to submit to to your instruction and your leadership. Now, some think they can hear from God for everyone else, yet they're not willing to hear from God for themselves. And so don't go around giving everyone else a word if you're disregarding what God is speaking to you or trying to get over to you. And, And we have too much of that in the body of Christ. Oh, yeah, they can get a word for you. 
but uh, they're living in disobedience themselves. Now, John 10, verse 4 in the New King James Version, it reads, And when he brings out his own sheep, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. They know. That word know means to be intimately acquainted with. That word know is, is a word that speaks of uh, intimacy, where it's not just a casual thing, okay? Now, Psalm 23, you're familiar with the 23rd Psalm, and we can't leave that out in this, in this message, but I'm going to share the first three verses. If you have your Bible there, you can turn there, Psalms 23, and we'll read verses 1 through 3, and see, it's interesting that King David, in the Old Testament, he was a shepherd boy. And it's interesting how he was able to relate to his Lord through the profession of how he was raised. And so uh, that's why he made this declaration. He said, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me. He leads me. He leads me. He provides leadership for our life. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. In other words, he's taking us on a journey. If we're following the good shepherd, he's taking us on a journey. He's taking us to, into a place that he wants us to be that may be contrary from where you have been. See, sometimes we need to abandon the course of this world. Well, we need to abandon the course of this world, not just sometimes. Amen. <laughs> All the time. And pursue the pathway that he has for us. Because he does, he has a path for you. And so, but God wants to reveal that to you. And as you become, become familiar with his voice, then you will know the way that you're to walk in. God speaks. He speaks to us through his spirit, Okay. In fact, there are two primary ways that God speaks to man. Through his word and by his spirit. Which these two must always agree. Because God's spirit will never speak something to you that doesn't agree with the word of God. Or the word of God, if you're thinking and saying something, it will never disagree with the spirit of God. The spirit and the word agree. There's perfect harmony. There's perfect agreement between the word and the spirit. Now, God also speaks to us through his servants. Uh, we see in 1 Corinthians 14, the gift of prophecy. We see Old Testament prophets that proclaim the word of the Lord. We're ex- releasing the will, the purpose of God. And uh, so God speaks through those appointed to the fivefold ministry uh, on his behalf, just as Moses spoke on God's behalf and the prophets spoke on God's behalf. God uses his servants to speak on his behalf. Uh, first, oh, 2 Corinthians 5, 19 through 21 there, it says, we are Christ's ambassadors. What's an ambassador? An ambassador is someone who represents someone else. And, and I've had the opportunity to meet uh, the United States ambassador in Uganda. And um, he was a very delightful person. He's, he's raising his family there. And uh, we, we had a real nice meeting talking with him. But you know what? He's in Uganda, and he represents the interest of the United States in that land. And what's really interesting too, his paycheck doesn't come from Uganda, it comes from the U.S., it comes from the homeland. So his provision is provided from his true citizenship. 
Okay? Because that's where his, the, the soil is. He's not dependent upon the economy of Uganda to survive. And see, there's a parallel how we need to grab a hold of that for the kingdom. You, you're concerned about your well-being. Well, God supplies your needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus, Philippians 4.19. So your provision is not determined by the economy around you, but by heaven's economy above you, okay? So get a hold of that because so many Christians are in fear and when the financial crisis hit, they responded in fear rather than faith. You know, it, it was sad to see that reaction. And, amen. That's another message. <laughs> All right. So God, so our ability, let me just share, share this. Our ability to hear and listen often becomes an issue. Seven times in the book of Revelation, we see a phrase stated, in Revelation chapter 2, verse 7, all the way to chapter 3, 22, seven times this passage is repeated. And I have one of the passages, the one in Revelation three twenty two. It says, he who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. In other words, if you have the ability to hear, you need to hear. Hearing is a choice. Listening is a choice. How many of you know that sometimes... Um, Your children, they may hear what you say, but they don't listen to what you say because they don't do what you say. So just hearing what the Spirit is saying is not enough. You've got to respond to act out to what he is saying. So if you have a ear, just because you have the capacity to hear doesn't mean you're going to really hear. Okay, because you have to listen. And if you listen, see, the issue of listening, listening implies that you're acting out what you've just heard. Because my children may hear me when I tell Mackenzie, Mackenzie, clean your room, but you don't have to today. It's your birthday, even though it needs to be clean. No. Okay. Mackenzie, clean your room. Now, if she cleans her room, not only has she heard me, but she's also listened to me. Okay, because she's acted upon my words, upon my command, my instruction. The same with the Lord. If you've heard what he said and you carry it out, then you've listened. If you do what he's asking you to do. And you might say, well, God doesn't speak to me. Well, I submit to you, you haven't taken time to hear his voice then. You haven't put yourself in a place where God can't speak to you because you're probably too busy with other things, with so many activities that you haven't taken time to really listen to what God is wanting to speak into your life. God is always speaking, but are we willing to hear? Are we willing to listen to what he's saying? Okay, let's, let's move on. A couple other verses I want to share with you. Uh, we're going to also partake of communion today, and, and we want to invite you to do that as believers and as a family of God together. But Isaiah 28, verse 23 says, Give ear and hear my voice. Listen and hear my speech. So we have to give ear. We've got to give attention. See, there's an attentive deficit in the body of Christ. We haven't given full attention to what God is saying. And I know I'm guilty when my wife sometimes is speaking, I'm not giving attention to her. 
Now, she's learned over the years to ask me, okay, what did I just tell you? And I'll say, if I wasn't giving attention to her, I'll say this, could you just please repeat that for me? <laughs> and she says, gotcha. <laughs> I knew you weren't listening to me. How many of your husbands are guilty of that? You know? Um, yeah. Okay. Forgive us, Lord. We love our wives, don't we? You know, he's just, sometimes we're preoccupied with other things. And, and so what, what uh, Deb has learned to do now, she, if I'm doing anything, she'll say, okay, put that down right now. Don't do anything. Just and look at me. Okay, honey. <laughs> uh, and then she knows she's got my attention. But if I have the device in my hand or something like that, you know, uh, I may be checking email. And, and I, think, I think I can multitask. <laughs> but I'm only kidding myself, okay? Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Hebrews 3, 7, and 8. And this one uh, could be a challenging verse for us. It says, Therefore... As the Holy Spirit says, today, not tomorrow, today, if you will hear his voice. So that's present tense. Are you willing to hear his voice today? Today, if you will hear his voice, do not harden your house as in the rebellion, in the day of trial in the wilderness. Now, this was in reference to the children of Israel in the wilderness who were grumbling, complaining, they had issues because their circumstances were not the most pleasant. But even in the midst of those circumstances, God spoke to them, and he's relating this to us, New Testament believers. Uh, Today, if you hear his voice, don't harden your heart. Don't be rebellious. Don't come against it, because it's not going to help you out in any way. So we need to ask ourselves, how often do we rebel when he speaks? How often do we rebel against what he's saying? You know, even, you know, some people, and I just want to share this, you know, you, some people might say, oh, we really took a lot of time with the offering this morning. And, and some people could get offended by that. But you know what? Nothing that was conducted is contrary to the word. Everything was God honoring, okay? And, and that whole idea. Because, you know, people will, number, the number one thing people get offended over is finances. It's one of the number one problems in marriages, why divorce happens. Money is an issue and the way people relate to it, okay? So don't get offended at the money. If you have it in the right perspective and you see it from a biblical standpoint, you can get free from the restraints that, that are often on people that cause them to hold back in their givings. Oh, I'm not giving and, and be stubborn in that way. Because, you know, Moses, when he went up to the top of the mountain, you can read this in Exodus 35, after fasting for 40 days and 40 nights, now that's quite a fast. He goes up into the glory of the mountain and he's, he beholds the, the glory cloud and the presence of God. What is the first thing God speaks to him? You can check it out. He says, go and receive a contribution from the people. But I spent 40 days coming to the top of Mount Sinai and you tell me, go take an offering? What is this? God, I was expecting you to say something majestic, something about your nature, but you want me to receive an offering? (laughs) Wow. You need to understand the condition of the people because they had just come out of Egypt and they had plundered the Egyptians because Moses instructed them, go to your Egyptian neighbors and ask of the gold. See, they had 400 years of back pay. 
And they got it all in one night. And so they went out with wealth, with gold. And they've got all these riches. They could barely carry it out of the land. And so, but God knew those riches have them. And I want them. So it's time for them to give to me. And see, God's not against you having money. He's against money having you. And, and that's the issue in the church. That's the issue in the world. And, and the, the, the best way to cure against greed is to give. Amen. Praise God. I, I, I didn't mean to say all that, but somebody needed to hear that this morning. Okay. Okay. Our theme verse for this year has been Acts 22, 14, and 15, this year of destination. And, and really, this message is, is part of, of helping us to explore in, in what God has given us in, in this theme. He's chosen you to know his will. He's not holding back. He's not holding back on you. Acts 22, 14, 15 says, Then he told me, The God of our ancestors has chosen you to know his will, and to see the righteous one, and to hear him speak. For you are to be his witnesses, telling everyone what you have seen and heard. See, how can you tell others what you've seen and heard if you haven't heard? Okay? And, and it's very clear here, he's chosen you to hear his voice. Amen? Now you might say, well, pastor, wasn't this spoken to the apostle Paul? You need to understand that God's word and the principles he operates is not just for one individual person, but it's for all who believe. So when we see this that was spoken to Apostle Paul, we can see this is God's heart for us. That he's also, why would he choose Paul to know his will and hear his voice and not choose you to know his will and hear his voice? All of his creation, he desires to have an intimate relationship to know to, to be in your life. Amen. For God so loved the world he gave his only begotten son. It was for everyone. Amen. Amen. So I, in a couple more minutes, I'm going to show a couple more things here. Then we're going to receive communion. But I want to ask you this question because when we talk about knowing his voice, we need to ask the question, are you spirit led? Because uh, being spirit led and hearing his voice, they're connected. We cannot separate the two. If you are hearing, uh, actually, in Roman, let's look at Romans 8.14. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. Now, the Greek word used for sons here is the word in this verse is technon, which means a mature son, thus implying that spiritual growth results in the ability to be spirit-led. And so it's important to understand that, that, you know, just to be born in the family, you know, Nathan is my son. He got to bed late last night coming back from Milwaukee. Um, but uh, he's my son, but a mature son, somebody who grows up and as they develop, they have the ability to, to be led by their father and, and to hear uh, their father's voice. And so uh, there was a time that I could tell Nathan to do things, and he would just stay there, cool, 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 you know, making little baby noises, you know. <laughs> but I see, I don't know, what, what do you do? May, may, I think he made some other sounds too. But anyway, 
But as he grew and matured, the day came where I could begin to lead him and train him and help him as a father, as a son, to where he could learn how to mow the lawn. Amen? Yeah, that's good. And he even has his own style. Yeah, it's amazing how you t- teach kids to do something and they develop their own style. His style of mowing the lawn is he starts out in the center of the yard and he goes, does a circle. He keeps going around. So we have this big bullseye in our yard. <laughs> and then he, he purposely leaves a little spot right in the center of the yard, the grass. And I say, go back and cut that. He says, no, that's my starting point. <laughs> he needs that reference point for the center of the yard. Okay, Amen. How do we get off on all these things? Wow. There's a, I only got about a quarter way through here. I want to share, um, go to Proverbs chapter 420. We're just going to pick up next week and, and, and carry on with this theme of this message because uh, and even today, as we conclude the service, I want to pray for those who really want to know God's voice. And uh, pray that God begin to bring greater clarity and understanding and revelation of his word. Uh, so it's un- important to understand to be in the word. Because God's not going to speak to you contrary to his word. Okay? And Proverbs 4, 4 verse 20 says, My son, be attentive to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. In other words, there needs to be inclination where we give ear to his words. Amen. This is speaking of the words, the written word. Let me share this because some of us have an attention deficit. The more attention you give to the word, the less desire you will have for other things. In fact, whatever you give attention to becomes the source of your desire. If you don't have a desire to spend time in the Word or spend time in prayer, it's because you haven't been giving attention to the Word or attention to prayer. See, it's a discipline. It's a spiritual discipline. Do you think I feel like praying every morning? Yeah, sometimes not. Sometimes I do. I really honestly do. Wow. Other times, oh. But something that has changed because I've made a commitment the first fruits of my day I spend reading the Bible. And, you know, and the Lord dealt with me a number of years ago. I read eight chapters. And I said, isn't that a lot? I'm not, I'm not saying this to brag. I'm saying this to, to prove a point. It's something now, when I wake up in the morning, there's an excitement in me to get in that room. And we have a little room in our basement called The Secret Place. And open up the Bible. And open up the Word and get in the Word. There's such a desire for me to be in the Word. I don't think, oh, I got to read the Bible. I got to read eight chapters, especially Psalms 119 is in there today. Oh, man. (laughs) Read the shortest chapter and the longest chapter at the same time. But no, it's exciting. I get to read Psalms 119 today. All right. No. My schedule may be a little different because, you know, because I could be in there a long time. You know? <laughs> but, uh, but I've made I've made it so that I have that time to be in the Word. 
And then it begins to affect my desire. In, in this illustration, you can, can use if, uh, if you've ever gone to a new car dealership. In fact, I had to, before I left town for the print fast, I had to take the Pacifica in because two headlight, headlamps were out. And so if you ever get a Pacifica, know this about it. To change a headlight is a major overhaul. They had to literally take the front, uh, the front uh, of the car apart to get to it. It took two and a half hours just to change the headlamps, okay? So you don't want those things to burn out, okay? Uh, anyway, so as I'm sitting there, I'm looking at the new cars, and I'm sitting in the customer area there in the showroom, and I just went up to one vehicle. I didn't want to, you know, get attention going here, but it's amazing how you open that door and you close it. It has that sound, brand new sound. Doesn't, once you take it off the lot, it doesn't sound that way anymore. <laughs> but you see the new vehicle, the smell, you sit in it. I didn't sit in it, by the way. But you said, oh, and you begin to think. What? It's got your attention. The first thing that happens is there's a desire that begins to be stirred within you. Wouldn't it be nice to have a new car? Wouldn't this be wonderful? But then as soon as you walk out of there, reality hits. Oh, it's not in the budget. Can't afford this. Da-da-da-da. And all things. And then that desire kind of fades away. But... What you give attention to will activate desire in your life. And so that brings me to this point. If you're desiring the wrong things, you need to find out where your attention has been. Okay? If you're watching a lot of TV that doesn't glorify God, you won't have a desire for the things of God. You won't come into church and have a desire to lift your hands and worship him. Because you've been filled with secular media all week that profanes the name of God and is, has moral uh, dishonoring to the word. I mean, it's, there's so much junk out there that you cannot afford to subject yourself to. Okay? I could say more, but I'm going to save it for next week, okay? And in fact... I have some things to show about direction, but I think I'm going to share that with our leadership administrative team first. We'll come back with you and, and share with the rest of you because it's exciting. Uh, we have some prospective dates where Isaiah Salavar could come back uh, August 20th, 22nd, 23rd, 24th, 25th, I believe, are the dates. And so uh, we'll be sharing some more information with you about that. At this time, if the worship team would come up, we're going to uh, take this time and, and partake of communion together. And I want to share just a little bit as we prepare our hearts. Hallelujah. God has some good things in store for us. Amen. Look at me in First Corinthians with me. In First Corinthians at... Uh, chapter 11, chapter 11. And before we 